Howdy everybody out there, this is Big Beefin'. This is JP and I am one third of that Big Beefin' show. This is Aaron Rollins. What you doing boy? We have a ride, bring us in Shane. Now you may be asking, what is Big Beefin'? Well, the answer is quite simple. Big Beefin' is... Where all of your wildest dreams come true. That's a good one, that's a good one. <laughs> you stop listening halfway through. I knew you were podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's his goddamn yard, and he put the property tax on a damn thing. And he said, wait a minute, Rollins, you got to be smarter than fucking average bear. And I looked at him, I said, that goes both ways, buddy. And he kept talking, I just left. <laughs> average bear, that's a, that's a yogi, yogi bear, right? Isn't that? He's that's funny. a yogi bear reference, but that's not the fucking point, man. But the, so That's bullshit. If, hey, are you okay? Did, didn't you tell that one yesterday? I just told that one yesterday. Like, Aaron, are you okay? That he states that Bigfoot is there in plain sight. You just choose not to see him. <laughs> That's not what I meant, damn it. Fuck, you never mind. Never fucking mind, John. You don't want to fucking walk your fat ass and don't walk. There you go. See? That is. <laughs> no. Uh, no beat the drops. Let's get right to this. Hello, my name is JP. No need for no MC. I've been keeping it real since 1983. <laughs> Shit my pants on the big leaf and Just enjoy the show. Mr. Black. You recording this shit yet? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Big Beefing Show. Beefing. Yeah, that's what you, is that what you say when you tell people what the show is? You're like, it's Big Beefing. No, you say that. So, you just got back from a big old trip down to the nation's capital, huh? Did you? Are you recording this? Yeah, motherfucker. I'm recording it. <laughs> So yeah, I um went there for uh two and a half days, got there Friday. How long were you there for? So I got there Friday, I left Saturday evening. I can't see your face, I just see your body. And um so I was there and uh, we we had our flights paid for, we had our hotel paid for, um we had meals paid for. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you arrange your stuff? Yeah, okay. Um, I, we had flights paid for. We had hotels paid for. We had uh, meals paid for. They gave us a $50 gift card to spend on incidentals. They, um, man, they just, they just did so much. They gave us like 100 bucks worth of, you know, swag, uh, shirts, jackets, um, uh, I wonder. Yeti, I wonder. If, go ahead. A yeti cup. Uh, what were you gonna say? I said I wonder if the guy who lost his leg would rather just have his leg back instead of all that shit. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he would. But the fuck are you gonna do? Back in time? <laughs> he's like. Uh, uh, say he's like this is nice, but. Uh, like I can't fucking walk. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so the, you say that, and we we joked about this shit. Um, we we sat down for uh, the quorum reunion. We had a nice lunch, and the the founder of the Semper Five Fund was there. She's the one that came up with this idea along with some other people, and she wanted us to all go around and give us a, a few minute talk. And I recorded it and put it on uh, Anchor. I missed about fucking thirty to forty minutes of testimony on that too. I don't know how that happened, but. I guess yeah, I was I saw, trying. I saw the clips about two hours long, two and a half hours long. 
Yeah, it should have been longer. Um, and I think I was trying to upload and record too fast, and I might have lost one of my recordings. But then that sucked because anyway. Um, so one guy was talking about his explosive, uh, explosive injury, and how he lost his leg below the knee, and I'm sorry, above the knee, and he um, got his whole uh, left side, you know, messed up pretty bad. He had, he had a he has a fat scar right along his jugular. Anyway, um, he was talking about, you know, I had to learn to deal with that because there's nothing I could have done. And one of the other guys there said, well, you could have moved. <laughs> I mean, you know. But then the problem is if he moves, he risks getting something else fucking blown off. So well, when, when you step on the IED, you don't normally know that you stepped on it. Yeah. <laughs> and he said his was, was command detonated, so they waited for him to step on it and press the trigger. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's how mine was that popped next to my truck. It was a command detonation, so they were watching us and yeah. They didn't uh, like you. Or they didn't like any of us. Turns out that uh and this when I found out about this, this just pissed me off. The guy that ended up doing that, the um, Marines tracked him down while we went to Altacatum Hospital. And I got some more stories about that here in a second. But um the Marines tracked him down to a village. They were taking small arms, indirect fire from that village. They chased him down. They got him. They ran a, a kit on him, and he popped positive for gunpowder and home-making explosive powder. And they found, like, all these materials in his house. He was obviously an insurgent. And this was this was the guy. This was the guy that just tried to kill us. And so they're getting ready to take him in, and the SEAL team shows up. And it's like, hey, he's one of our assets. You can't have him. We got to take him. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Serious? <laughs> well, trying to got, kill like three of our dudes. It's like that uh, old Gandalf saying, you know, you lose the battle, win the war. So uh, I like to think that they took him in and interrogated him and got some intel out of that. Uh, the problem is we ain't, won, we ain't won the war, so. Right. Well, they just killed this ISIS leader here recently. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, the, you're fighting against an idea. You're not fight. It's not like. World War II, or even Vietnam. You're not fighting against government or political parties. You're fighting the idea of extreme Islam, not just basic Islam, but extreme Islam, uh, Sharia law that, you know, these people that are extremely violent are trying to spread. So do you so think all the people that believe in that little subsection of religion and that little piece of it, until you get rid of every single one of them, you're going to keep fighting them. They're going to keep blowing themselves up. Like the guy they just killed activated a suicide vest, and he had his kids with him. He killed him and his kids, which is what I just read. So that yeah. news is still breaking. Would you say if – so when we did the uh, – when we said back in, you know, 2001, 2002 that we're going to war with Iraq and all that stuff, do you think if we had just – because we had pretty much global support. If we just went in and fucking just annihilated the place, just fucking wrecked it, like, I mean, I'm talking like, you know, uh, Pearl Harbor or, you know, not Pearl Harbor, um, like the Battle of Midway. Yeah, like, if we just, yeah, if we just bombed the fuck out of it. Yeah, there was Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Nagasaki, that's it. If we just went in, because when we, when we nuked Japan, look how things changed for them. What if we had done, I'm not saying we have to nuke them because then people are like, you're using nukes again, you dumb shit. But like, <laughs> like some of those fucking like, if we just like dropped half of our ordinance over, right? I mean, do you think that that would have, and you know, yeah, it would have been bad, and like a lot of a lot of innocent people got killed in Japan, yeah. but it yeah. fucking stopped it, didn't it? 
Yeah. Well, I, so, you know, you do that. And the, the thing about the Middle East is that no matter what has happened there, the fighting has never stopped. Yeah. So either either you're fighting small engagements with your special operations forces, which, which we've pair, uh, we shipped to that in a huge way over the past you know decade. Um, it's it's more about you know SEAL teams, Green Beret, Delta Force, uh, Marines, um, uh, MARSOC, uh, you know Air Force commands, all those SOCOM and uh, JSOC and all that crap. Yeah. They're all involved with you know trying to find these important people and kill them, and not their soldiers because if they don't have a leader to direct the soldiers, then they should just kind of fall apart. And that kind of happens, but then it also kind of doesn't because a new leader steps up that's ambitious and it's like, we're going to continue all this. So, I mean, if, if, even if you did go over there and drop bombs, I'll give you an example. In Iraq, we came across Syrians who were from Iraq that came home to wage jihad and defend their home from us. So you're not just dealing with people in Iraq or Afghanistan even or Pakistan or Syria they're spread out all over there. So you kill a few hundred, a few thousand start coming in. And, you know, it's, well, it's my thing on that is, you know, if we did, if we did it like we did in World War II style, the thing you're showing is that we're so far beyond you. There's no fucking point in you trying. When you send in the special forces units or the spec ops guys and they're taking out leadership, you could theoretically, if you just got lucky, could cap off a special forces guy. And that's fucking devastating to us. So, but if we take out, you know, 10 of their guys, no big fucking deal. So when you're doing the little ground fire shit, it seems to me like, well, you know, what, what do you, we were proven. I mean, it, now if we got those fucking, like those Boston dynamic robots and strapped fucking machine guns to them and shit and like went <laughs> unloaded, like, said, like, you know, just 20 of them fucking robots. Hauling ass across the back. Have you seen the newest videos of them bastards? Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. <laughs> he's got a little pistol, and he's like, bam, bam. And he's like leaning forward and shit. And it's all self-sufficient. I mean, he's programmed, but he takes out the targets. And, I mean, headshots, each one. And they yeah. even knocked his ass over. They even got, you know, their stupid-ass fucking hockey stick and knocked him <laughs> over. And he loses his balance and shit, gets back up, bam, bam, bam. Still goes. So I was thinking like, like this was a robotic platform. Is this a, a a robot, a biped robot? Yeah, bipedal with two arms. Shit. And a fucking battery. It's got a big ass fucking battery strapped onto its back. Yeah. I, so I, it's, I, it's, only I, good for like, it's only good for like 30 minutes of runtime. But if you could get it, to, if the military got involved and they built one of those bastards that could last for like eight hours operational status straight and you just drop it into the zone and you're like, kill as many fuckers as you can. I mean, don't you think the Afghans would be like, oh, fuck, we you know, bit off way yeah. more than we could chew? No. It's still fine. The, the problem with them is that you, you hit on this. We're, we've got multi-million dollar arrangements with other countries, with specialists of those militaries that are like the elite of the, of the elite. And we're fighting against guys in bedsheets and fucking flip-flops wearing towels on their head. And they're still able to put up a fight with us. It's because of their ingenuity. It's because of their way to adapt to situations and still find a way to fucking kill you. So in in Vietnam and even in World War II, um, we saw evidence of IEDs and different traps that they had laid, and they got very fucking inventive. And so in uh, Vietnam, and then started to bleed into the Middle East, those IEDs and those improvised explosives 
they're still deadly. And so you spend those millions of dollars on those robots, the money that the Department of Defense doesn't really have. I mean, they're cutting the budget left and right, getting rid of people. And I mean, they're paying out millions of dollars in compensation to retirees. And I mean, you just got all this money that's being spent. Well, you know, I mean, the, some of that shit they could cut, like the fucking NSA spending. Yeah. With it, all of our fucking technology and then fucking terrorists. They're not communicating via text message and shit. They're sending letters on a fucking motorcycle. Right, right. Or, or they're say, whispering into someone's ear and you don't yeah. even know that guy, but he right. knows and he's running that message. They're, anyway, the military the apparatus. String can, the string can going across the building and somebody's talking. So the military, the American military apparatus as a whole is very cumbersome. You know, the, the Navy does its, uh, uh, its job in defending the sea lanes but we don't have a lot of terrorist attacks happening on the water right now. You, you know, you've got well, piracy. When you got fucking all the aircraft carriers in the world, who the fuck is going to, I mean, how are they, how would they even stand a chance? How, maybe they just don't realize that. They don't care. No, that's not the, that's not the point for them. All they want to do. Is, I mean, it's the terroristic ideology is to uh, make a statement through force of power that is uh, promoting a political goal or, uh, something like that. I forget the definition. I, I haven't read it in a while, but that's all they want to do is they want to make a statement to support their political agenda. And for some of them, their religion and their politics are one and the same, right? So, you know, with 9-11, that's what that all was about. It wasn't about destroying America. It was about striking at America and revealing that despite all your military might, you have weaknesses. And even now we still do. And so all it takes is for one person to exploit that and everything fucking gets turned to shit again. You got security regulations out the ass. Fucking threat security gets raised. More money gets spent. And, you know, I was talking to somebody this weekend and he was talking about our economic status. And he's like, you know, in two to three years, our interest rate on our debts are going to be so high we won't be able to afford to pay off the interest rates. So the economy is looking like it's going to collapse and there's, you know, unless some drastic changes are made, we're, we're not going to be able to do it. So where, where do you start looking? Well, in 2011, 2012, Congress was looking at the defense budget and they started slashing it. So you might see that happen. But as far as, you know, the war goes over in the Middle East, there's, there's really no 100 percent effective solution other than killing everybody that's there. And if you do that, you're committing genocide. If you do that, that's a war crime. And. You know, all the other powers are going to sanction us and go against us. And hell, they might even fucking well, try to arrest our leaders. So, yeah, but I, I think I don't think we fuck with them enough. Like like there was a there was a part in World War Two. It might have been Patton. It was one of the generals. I can't remember which one. I think it was Patton when they when they, the war was just about done. He took all those damn Germans and he drove to like Auschwitz and the fucking I don't know if it was Patton. I could be wrong. It could be MacArthur. I can't remember which one it was. But one of those fucking generals took the rank and took the soldiers, and they drove to the Jewish camps. And they said, look what you did. This is why you lost, because you did this shit right here. And how, how could you, you know? And uh, so then maybe you do a little bit more stringent. Maybe you say you bomb a city, lots of people die, and you say your leader is the reason why this happened. Blame your frustrations on him. As long as he's in power, we'll continue bombing your cities. So you have a choice. Turn him over or more people are going to fucking die. Right. Well, uh, and so their ideology is so deep. It's been going on for thousands of years. Their response would be, God wills it. They say, inshallah, God okay. wills it. Well, then God's fuck will. it. Burn it on fire. Fuck it. God wills it. 
Fuck it, man. I, I just don't understand. I get, I mean, now I know we're fucked. I get that now. I mean, there's, it's too late. But in the beginning, when everybody had our backs, I don't see why we couldn't have just bomb the fuck out of some big cities and um, tell, tell, t- send, send flyers. So you have 30 minutes to evacuate. And then, boosh, just fucking bomb the fuck out of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's, uh, there's interest there about, you know, political agendas, like, we need to protect... Well, see, that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. Protect uh, the oil sweet. and gas? I mean, sweet fuck is. that, man. That's the way it is. You that's gotta the- cut the fucking head off the snake, man. Light all that shit on fire, and yeah. be like, we can't have it? Nobody can fucking have it. <laughs> None of you motherfuckers getting paid. Um, Burn all that shit. Yeah, and, and, and it's unfortunate that, you know, the, the Middle East and those areas have such strategic value but are occupied by such well-entrenched and, and tenacious enemies. Um, you, you're just not going to be able to take it, you know. It's it's uh, very, very challenging. But on a, on a lighter note, um, man, I, I got I got there and I was sharing, you know, my personal story at the core member union. And we were all talking about, you know, when we got hit or where we were at or what we did. And I was, I was talking about how I used my ability to write and and do poetry to help me kind of get all my frustrations out about my experience. And um, I watched that movie, 13 hours, the story of Benghazi. And yeah, I know Hollywood trumped it up because Hollywood, that's Hollywood, right? But um, I saw that and, you know, that movie kind of inspired me. So I started to write and I had a poem that I made. And I uh, shared it at the reunion we were at, and um, the founder was sitting next to me, and everybody's like, man, that was great. Thank you so much. And uh, somebody had said, you know, you need to share that. And the founder looked at us and was like, yeah, um, let me go ahead and say this now. I like to go off script. I like to change things at the last minute. And you're going to come up there with me when I make my announcement to the six to 700 people there, and you're going to read that. Oh, that's all I said was, oh, okay. Can I put my foot in my mouth now? I mean, I don't think I'm that flexible, but I'll try. So I, I just, I went with it. And um, when I went up there, you know, I got to say it and I dedicated it to some people that I had known that had been killed. And I, I said that to everybody, um, you know, a couple of people cried, but everybody appreciated it and clapped. I got a standing ovation and I got to meet the 19th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Dunford. And I posted his picture. He was willing to take a picture with me. And the 16th Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, which was uh, Carlton Kent, he was actually the Sergeant Major when I was enlisted of the Marines. So uh, he was actually leading us while I was serving. And that was, you know, my entire eight years, I never met anybody that high up the chain. And I met four people of that rank or similar in two days. (laughs) You didn't tell them, say, hey, man, uh, could use a new car, you know, while we're talking. while we're talking, no, no way, no fucking way, no, no, or, no. You don't even have to ask for the car. You just say, "Yeah, it's just really hard to get around these days. My car is a piece of junk, and <laughs> uh, maybe I'll get it together. I'll just save for it. I'm sure I'll get one." Yeah, and right. then they're like, oh, yeah, I will, and then we'll move on. <laughs> like, uh, man, General, this is really nice, but that bastard over there told me he wants his legs back. <laughs> Can you get right. it? Like, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Doc. Thanks. Yeah, because he's the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff. He's the leader of all military forces <laughs> under the president, of course. But well, anyway. it's good. It's good you got up there and talked. Uh, is that the largest crowd you've ever performed? I, I've ever, I've never approached a crowd that large, and I've never got a standing ovation like that. Nice. I've never got a standing ovation at all, and that one I got one, and that was, wow, man. People were like... After after it was over, they were coming up and thanking me. I shook more hands that day than I ever have in my life 
and I got cards from all these people. It was like, yeah, get in touch with me if, if you want to talk about things. And I was like, okay, yeah. And there was one guy, he's one of the original members of the Semper Fi Fund. He's a sergeant of the Marine Corps, and he was shot. He got into a, an altercation with his dad, and his dad shot him like six times, five or six times, and that cost him his legs. But he was talking with me, and he was like, man, I would love to to come down there and, um, you know, see what you're doing in Waco. And I was like, the, the Marine Corps League would love to have you because I'm a volunteer at the Marine Corps League. And um, I got his number, so hopefully, you know, we can swing something. He's a busy guy and, you know, not have any fucking legs. He just can't go anywhere. So, <laughs> I mean, he still has his legs, but he can't use them, right? But anyway. He should have been an asshole. His dad wouldn't have shot him. Yeah, right? No kidding. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that was it was great, man, because I met people that I hadn't seen in like 10 years. And it's, it's, it's funny, okay, so um, one of the guys that lost his leg above the knee and got all that shrapnel injuries on the right side of his body, I'm sorry, the left side of his body, he lost his right leg, got shrapnel injuries here. Um, he was at the hotel the same time I was checking in. And I look at him, and he's put on weight. He's got a giant beard now, and I haven't seen him in a freaking decade, but I recognize him. I recognize his fucking eyes, and he's just got this, with the beard, he looks kind of like a gnome, <laughs> but just a really big one, because he's like six foot two, and so he's looking at me, and he's got this look on his face, and I'm looking at him, and I can tell he recognizes me, but I don't remember his damn name, so I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, but the more I look at him, the more he looks at me, and we're not saying something, but we know, we know each other, I finally just said, why do I feel like I know you, and he says, because you do know me, Third Battalion Six Marines, yeah, Ah! we caused a big ass scene in front of everybody. I was like, I haven't seen this guy in 10 years. And God, I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, we met for all uh, of our, you know what? Go ahead. I'll we met for all of our, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, for all of our listeners, what are you going to say? Yeah. I'll say for all of our listeners. Sorry, Aaron told this exact same fucking story Friday night, word for word. So thank you. I told this story Friday night, word for word. Yes, you said the big guy with the beard and everything. You gave him a hug. He recognized you. You said the whole damn thing. Why oh, that's right. We did a call Friday. I forgot that we had done that. Anyway, well, this is just all part of the experience, so I'm sorry. For- I could have stopped you at any point. I could have stopped you, but I was, yeah, like- was like... we heard that already. Well, hey, maybe there's some listeners on that haven't heard this yet. So if you haven't heard, that's what happened Friday. Anyway, um, we, we ran into some guys that, uh, that knew people that I had known. Um, like Tyler Burdick. Tyler Burdick, he lost one leg and had one another leg severely injured, and he ended up just amputating both in the end. But now he's a sports, a Paralympic sportsman, and uh, he he does a lot of skiing. And what I heard from the other guy who's also in the Paralympics, he um, he had a surgery to correct his damage, but they left medical material inside of his leg, and he ended up having to have that amputated. His name's Max. Max, yeah, sit behind in the leg. And you're sitting there working on him. Ah, fuck it. It happens all the time, man. Sure you are, are, you your pen, doc? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a clamp. They left some sort of clamp in there. Yep. And uh, you can't. You just can't do that because over time things start to happen, and that's what happened to him. It was. It was over a year, and you know, like several surgeries later, he just decided to cut the fucking thing off. So he did it um, below the knee, and. Uh, he, you know, he's in the Paralympics now, and he's big, man. He's been lifting. And um, I, I, at first, I didn't believe he was a corpsman because I haven't seen corpsman that size before. You know, he's – anyway, he does he does shot put. He does track and field. I did shot put. I go mother one that shit. Too. I told him about that. You did that that little foot scooting thing, and he's like, God, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, well, so 
that night and uh i know eddie listens to the podcast so i'm gonna put him on fucking front street but that day uh the day of the comp the day i won the gold um and mind you it's kind of a big deal because i was the only white guy my entire high school career to Let me say something like that when you won the gold at track you came home and it was like da 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 the champ is here i got gold you don't got nothing you suck <laughs> <laughs> you just holding up your medals for me to see just walking around the house <laughs> i still I got like, oh, this great. i still got that fucking medal man i won the gold so, <laughs> anyways uh i say i still got it it's like i got like three or four of them and i don't know which one was which because they weren't labeled but i i think one of them is the right one yeah, yeah anyways yeah. um yeah so that day so okay so let me just explain this to all the listeners and i know we're getting off topic from the military stuff but whatever that's uh, fine we don't have to stay on it so we were doing track and field and okay. So track and field, most people think of track and field running, jumping, shit like that. Like actually cardiovascular activities, stuff that you got to be lean, mean, and green, you know, shit that you got to, you know, you've got to be able to go. You got to move. Now there's two sports in track and field where you don't necessarily have to have those. Well, there's three, if you count javelin, but we didn't have javelin, uh, yeah. shot put and discus. For those two, you don't have to have a lot of speed. That's really power and technique. Okay. Definitely. And so what they would do is they would take the guys. So all the fast guys, all your wide receivers and quarterbacks and, you know, your free safeties, all those guys automatically on the track team. Like, wasn't even up for discussion. They're just, they're going to run. They're well, gonna, one of the qualifying things is that you had to be fast to be, you know, a free safety or wide receiver or something yeah. like that. So if you're already fast, then yes. You're going on the track team. <laughs> so all the offensive and defensive linemen, we had to fucking do discus and shot put because yep. there's no yep. way in fuck they're running Press. a race. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only lineman that they ever had run a race was big uh, Fred Falk. He was the only guy that I ever saw run. Everybody else, all the rest of us, had to do shot put and discus. So it wasn't taken very seriously because it's like, well, obviously they don't care. They just, you could you could see like these guys, they got uniforms, they got special shoes. They're fucking working the stuff. Coach came over there and he would tell us what to do and then watch us do it. But it never seemed like it was fucking going anywhere. It didn't ever seem serious. But we would train. I mean, we would practice. Yeah. And there's two different types of throws that they teach you in shot. But one is you stand up, you got the ball right here, you lean down, and you push it. And that's that's Him. the Hey boy, rock and roll. Is your is your little one here yet? No. Okay. Well, yet. I'm telling the story to Aaron, so you're gonna have to listen to this shit. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so that's the first play. That's the that's just the normal shot put throw. The other one is that that glide kick, and that one you get the ball right up to your neck. You lean down and you and you put your fingers to your toes. You lift your leg up. You scoot back and you fucking launch that bitch. Well, scoot like I saw I, you do it a couple times, and I saw you like you were jerking backwards. It's like yeah. if you've ever tried to shift gears and your car jerks, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what you're doing, because and you have to be careful because. When you start spinning, your momentum can get your legs kicking yep. around, and if you kick too far, you you kick out and you 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 lose, you scratch, and you don't get you know, your score doesn't count. You have to exit the ring beyond a certain point. If you walk over the the stump, you it's, you lose, you don't get anything. So you have to be extremely careful when you're walking out that bitch. Anyways, uh, so you get three throws. The best mm -hmm. of three is the one that you win. Yes. And we're all got, our, and I, John, I don't remember if you were there or not, but we all got our hands in our pockets. We're just bullshitting. Nobody's giving a fuck. Everybody's just kind of clowning. You know, Thomas is there. He's just goofing off, saying funny shit. And uh, 
the first two times it's pretty obvious that we're sucking. Like we're not even gonna we're not even gonna place. Like we're just we're getting clowned on. And I get I'm getting ready to get up to throw. And I can't remember what Eddie said, but he said something that fucking pissed me the fuck off. Like they were giving me shit, like, oh, what are you, what are you, what are you trying for? What are, what are you going up there? You're not gonna do anything, you're not gonna do anything. What the fuck, man? Get over yourself. And just giving me shit about it. Like just fuck grief. And so I was like, fuck it. So I, I don't know what happened, but I'm not saying like I'm a pro athlete or anything, but you remember if you ever listen to Michael Jordan talk, he talks about getting in the zone. Yeah. Everything, everything funnels away. And all you remember is that muscle memory. And that that throw, I hit every move that you were supposed to hit. I did the form perfectly straight. And I launched that fucking shot put. And it landed like five feet over everybody else's. And it was just one of those when it hit, everybody said, ooh. And, <laughs> and you made this sound, you know, when that, that shot put hits the ground, it's like, boom, off. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, ooh. And uh, everybody's like, good throw, man. And like, people are fucking high fiving me shit. And, I, and I'm not going to, I know I'm throwing him under the bus here, but I remember looking over there at Eddie and he just had his arms folded. Didn't say shit. Didn't say a damn <laughs> thing. And I was like, man. Give me some love. Now, like 15 years later, he was like, yeah, man, you did it. You had a good throw. Like, you had a good throw. I'll give you that. And 15 it's like, years later? Yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, and I'm not – and so, like, they, they know. Like, <laughs> well, baseball, I fucking suck. Basketball, I suck. Football, I was average at best. Shot put was the one – Did you get into the golden circle of linemen? Huh? Did yeah, you yeah. I mean, but, you know, I mean, I, I, for my size, though, I should have been fucking playing college ball. But I didn't really give a shit, and I was slow as fuck, and I didn't really care. Uh, but shot put was one. <laughs> shot put was one that I just won. I mean, I got the gold and I did it perfectly. I followed all the training, and from that day forward, uh, I was. I mean, that was guaranteed spot on the track team. Like they, every time track season came up, everybody else had to go outside and do off season shit. Coach told me to get in the damn shot put ring and throw it. <laughs> throw it until your shoulder pops out of socket. Now, when I made it to the uh, regional uh, competition, uh, this big old bastard got up there and just stood there. And, and like launched it over everybody. He didn't have to do shit. Like he didn't yeah, have the glide or nothing. He just uh, and it just went over everybody. So. I, I remember one guy. He did that. There was one dude. He he got a yep. He threw it, and and he goes next throw. He threw it. Is that one better? No. He scratched. I'm like, why are you scratching for? It, it ain't like you got a shot out there, but he just scratched. And his last shot, bam. Was it better? No. Oh, he scratched. I'm like. Why are you scratching yourself? I, I understand. All he cared about is personal record. Well, you, like, tell, no, you can tell most of the shot putters and discus throws weren't really taking it seriously. You could tell it was the guys that couldn't run, and they had to do something with them, so they just had them out there. And uh, yeah, but I was like, shit, man, I fucking got the gold. I was fucking happy as fuck, man. First place, ten points for the team. Then we became district champs. I I, I helped out with that, so. Pretty big, pretty big thing. But I, you know, whatever. It was a long fucking time ago. I hadn't won any golden competition since then. And not yet, not yet. And there's not. No, I'm not. Not no. yet. <laughs> well. Yeah. Anyways, so, what's uh, up with the baby? Where's the baby at? Uh, where's that indeed? Where's, where's she at? Indeed, just waiting. We're waiting. Still waiting. The waiting November game now. Birthday. November. Yeah, we're waiting. Birthday. Still waiting. Take a bet. Anyone take bets? It's, it's probably going to be right on Halloween, so y'all have a Halloween baby. Oh, man. Nah, November 1st, so it'd be the same month. I was going to ask y'all, because I was talking about it this morning. I, I was going to ask y'all last night. and All topic, I'm sorry. Uh, but what is the shittiest 
Halloween costume y'all remember having? Oh, I can go right to the throat with that one, man. Um, okay. Well, Shane, Aaron knows. Do you know your Shane? My mom has where it's uh, me with, like, white face paint okay. and crayon or lipstick or some weird blood shit going down my face, and I'm a vampire. The only thing that called me to be a vampire was that my skin was fucking pale and I had thick-ass black hair. And I'm wearing this goofy ass looking cape, but just wearing regular kid ass clothes. Like, yeah, I'm wearing a normal face. shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rah, I'm a vampire. I'll fight you. Did you like the costume? I mean, I, I liked being scary, I guess, but. Okay. Well, you know, as long as you liked it, then. <laughs> yeah, I went running around fucking playing, uh, well, playing a vampire all night in that damn thing. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, flapping the wings of the face. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was this. uh, My mom had found this fucking foam. It was like these glasses made out of foam, and it had these little lightning bolts on the top of it to make like a little crown. Okay. And it was that mask plus a fucking blue trash bag. And I was supposed to be Zeus, the god of lightning. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, M- Matthew Reed just invited me to his live video And he's just sitting Woo. in his fucking truck <laughs> He's just sitting there <laughs> Sorry Man. I'm going to stay on just so I can See what he's doing <laughs> Man Shane so, Yeah so God Do you remember done, when I heard the, uh, the, the Zeus costume mom made for me Yeah yeah man that was a long Fucking time ago but I remember that shit How old were you on that one uh, that was my, oh, might have been 11 or 12 or something like that. Uh, it was fourth grade, maybe. So it might have been 10 or 11. I can't remember for sure. Shit. So yeah. the, other, oh, the other place fell through, Shane. That other, other place fell through. And oh, so no John's trying to go on ghost. No go. He's trying to go on what? A ghost adventure. Okay. I want to do that. I want to do that haunted house where they pay you like twenty thousand dollars if you can survive. You you um, do know, I was reading that you do know that's an eight hour event, right? Nobody has finished it. Nobody. The, everybody. The, the longest. The longest that went is a lady from Tennessee, I believe. She went yeah. six hours. It's an it's, eight. Two people go in one night. <laughs> so I, I guess like the last, like if you make it past the six, maybe the last two hours. Or just really loud rock fucking music, like blaring in your yeah. ear. They just they, ramp it up they, and like every, every second, grabbing you and shaking you. They can put their hands on you, Shane. They'll make you do stuff. They'll make you look like you're about to drown. You'll be like fucking knee hot and oh, ankle oh, high in mud. You'll be in claustrophobia. They're going to find out what you're scared of. And once they find out, Shane, that's when they fucking press it into you. <laughs> Yeah, and you, like you, there's certain conditions that you have to follow, or you'll get disqualified. You can't cuss. Yep. You can. Um, well, the first period, like shit. Oh fuck! Yep. It changed out of there five minutes in. <laughs> no, that's what you, I tripped over my shoelaces walking in. Shit. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You have to go, but I haven't even signed the waiver. Yeah, you're done, but just no. They, Forty. They let me in. Let me compete. I make it all the way through, and they're like, "Oh, you're disqualified. You cussed at the very beginning." When? At the very beginning. Sorry, you just <laughs> seven, eight hours for no reason. Got it. Got it on. Oh, yeah. There's a 40-page waiver you must sign. A 40-page, yep. boy. You must take a drug test the day oh. of the event. You must yep. be signed off by your personal physician that you're capable of going through this task. Yeah. 
And how much do you win if you get it? How much do you win? $20,000. Shay, no one has made it. No one. Soldiers, doctors, people who've seen this kind of crap have not made it through this thing. I don't know, John. I, I think I could put up with bullshit for eight hours. I think I could fucking do it. <laughs> 25 I got to do it. It's, um, nope. I mean, yeah, if, if they start dunking me in water and trying to drown me, then I'll freak the fuck out. But it, it, I, I think you, you don't, they don't do it to you. You kind of do it to yourself. I, I it's kind of one of those oh. things like, well, you, you need to get that key. Well, it's under that water. Well, you need to get that key. But you have <laughs> yeah. to complete the objectives. Like, you got to complete the missions. You got to solve well, everything. Well, what I've seen I on guess. YouTube, yeah, there's some objectives you got to do. Like, well, flip the switch. What's what you do? Flip the switch, or I think a guy said like flip the switch, or cut your girlfriend's hair, or some shit like that. You know, some shit so, like that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah, they did so, it where it's impossible that you can do it, and it's not necessarily scary. It's just very complicated to do. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. But it's supposed Eight to be. Scary. It's supposed to scare the daylights out of you. Eight hours. Yeah. Hmm. Getting shit scared out of you for eight hours. Um, man, 20, 20 grand. Fuck it. That's, That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you'll get, I think you'll get like, you'll get verbally abused. You, get, you, you know, the, you, you suck. Get, you piece of shit. You look ugly. Look at your nose. You, you, how can I, how are military people not doing this? Because it's all possibilities. Like you could possibly be subjective to claustrophobia, possibly have snakes or spiders crawling on you. You could possibly yeah. if they I'm fucking suing and I don't care what waiver I sign. They I have the had thing. the authorities called on them. Someone who has done the event has got out and called the uh, called the authority to come arrest them. And but do you know what though? They got a camera in every fucking room. So yeah. your story never matches up to what their story is. No nope. yeah. look you're right here. You're fine. What are you talking about? You're never no danger. You put yourself in danger. Yeah. <laughs> you did something to screw it up. Yeah. So he, the, the, McClane, McClaney has said, oh, I've gotten death threats. I, uh, I've got hateful mail. You know. <laughs> well, that's, that's it, guys. We got to make a trip to this place and we got to fucking do it. <laughs> yep. We got we to make it a big beefing event. Uh, you know how long? You know we got to wear our shirts. We got to wear shirts. You know what the waiting list is? Thousands. Oh, so that's going to be if we can get in there. Hey, so look, we got stuff planned for next year. We can do it next year, no problem. I think I think he moves locations, though. I think he moves them. You know what they do? They strip you down and make you run around in there naked or some shit? I, I, no, you don't run around naked, but uh, you're not allowed to have your personal cameras on you, I believe, or nothing like that. But shit, God, fuck, eight hours just getting your ass just pounded. You know, just the wailing on you, or you oh, know, they they actually physically attack you. Uh, some parts they like. I saw one where the, the guy had the, the girl wrapped around her uh, her arm around the girl. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, so they could possibly put they. Oh, one of the waivers says you could possibly be force fed. What What do you have to eat? That's a big one. So, um, in Guantanamo Bay. One of this, this rapper, uh, Most Def, went to Guantanamo Bay, and he wanted to demonstrate as a protest to how the terrorists are being treated there. And they, they force-fed him with a tube where they shoved it down his fucking nose, and he was like, you got to stop. It got to where like they were putting it in, and it was going down his throat, and he was coughing. He's like, I can't do this no more. 
you gotta you gotta quit. So well, yeah, that's that shit ain't easy, man. You'll end up throwing up if it was I, the first I, time. I've had that done to me when I had the alcohol poisoning. Shane, they, they took that fucking tube, <laughs> took it down. I felt it touched my esophagus, push it down like there, pushing it down. You know. Yeah, I remember because you choked the nurse when he tried to put it down your penis. Yeah, fuck him, man. <laughs> fuck him. I didn't choke his ass out. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize for that. I do seriously apologize. I did not. I have never choked anyone like that. Bitch, I said I'm like, oh, fuck. They had to put a catheter in him so he wouldn't piss himself in the fucking bed. And he, he resisted. <laughs> well, there was, there was that, and then he was so severely dehydrated that they had to feed the catheter into him to get fluid. <laughs> I feel bad for doing that. that night, all I remember about that night is uh, the fucking drive there. It was fucking anarchy. Picking you up and carrying you out of the damn car in my arms like you were a chick and running into the fucking emergency room. <laughs> what, what was it? Like uh, the bodyguard? Well, yeah, they were like, like, why did you park here? Why did you park here? And I'm like, my friend, he needs help. And then we're standing out there afterwards and we're like, what do we do? And Josh is like, well, I guess we call his mom. And I'm like, well, I don't want to call Rachel up here. And he's like, well, you got to. I talked about this already. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, Chris showed up and he was like, man, uh, I understand if you don't do it, but if you do it, I'll respect the hell out of you. And I was like, fuck. So I call Rachel up there and she's fucking pissed. Right? She, she wanted to fucking break my neck. What, really? <laughs> she was pissed. Because I, I, was, I, was, I was the face. I was the one that she knew. She didn't know Josh or, or Chris. She fucking knew my ass standing up there. And I was like, yeah, we were just drinking and he got he got really sick. And uh, he's underage. We're still good, right? <laughs> we're still good, Rachel, right? <laughs> good, right? um, I hugged her and cried, and she cried, and then uh, uh, even Chris. I, I, remember, I, I remember she, she was more upset, but like you know, she's upset at me. She yeah, she was mad at you, but at the end of the day, she told me she was happy to let you at least call. She's happy she you called, you know. So yeah. you know, but yeah, yeah. man, we were all over there crying. Even Chris, like he, Chris didn't even fucking know anybody, and he was crying with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> What what day? What, what what was that, Shane? Cinco de Mayo. Oh, what's Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo been two thousand four or two thousand three. When when did we go paintball, Aaron? What did I keep saying? I kept saying paintball two thousand and four. Okay, so 2000, oh, Cinco de Mayo two thousand four. <laughs> So you got the new the video new logo. Just me shout and four every time you said two thousand. Do you have the new saying on the super baddest super Kaya? Uh, yeah, I wrote like a fucking page of that shit once. The triple X hardcore double cell in a cell November to uh, remember. I can look it up. I can look it up for you. I can say it verbatim. Um, okay. Give me a second here. You guys keep talking. Okay. Yeah, because I remember like y'all had a, it like it got longer. And long and long, and, and and why, did why did y'all keep making it? It started when we were playing video games and like uh, somebody would we like play a Mortal Kombat tournament and be like, oh, I'm, I'm the Mortal Kombat champion. And then we'd start watching wrestling and be like, I'm the Mortal Kombat and hardcore champion or I'm the Mortal <laughs> Kombat false count anywhere. Hardcore double X uh, suck it rock bottom smackdown champion. I mean. <laughs> And then, and then I started adding on other dimensions. Then it became like, I'm the Super Saiyan Master Roshi. Yeah, so, Shane, you started that. You started the, the the whole Dragon Ball Z shit. And we based it off of every game we played. So, if I beat him for a title match in that game, it added to my total title, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the Grandmaster Roshi, Dragon Ball Z, Triple X, Hardcore, Mortal Kombat, Brawl for Nothing at All, because Stone Cold says so. You smell what the Rockets cooking? Mad Mardigan, Hell in a Cell, Warhammer, <laughs> Street Fighter, 1, 2, and 3, Soul Calibur, Dead or Alive, Single and Double Team, Kicking Your Candy Ass, Beast Wars, KO Ken Times 10, Thundercats, Voltron, Want to Play Again, Check to the Wreck, D-Generation X, the Road Dog, Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws. It's so damn evil. Gonna have a heart attack. Yo, Mama stinks. Power Rangers, Autobots, Roll Out, Paintball, 2000 Champion. <laughs> I never heard of the Bad Mart again. Bad Mart. Bad Mart again. Bad Mart again. Bad Mart again. Bad Mart again. Bad from Willow. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. And I think oh, it was, like, I made that connection because Daniel, whenever he talked about it, he always brought up the fucking Daikini baby for whatever reason. It's a Daikini baby. <laughs> Every time Daniel saw a little baby, it's a Daikini baby. Yes, Daniel. Every time. Yes, every time there was a baby. It's a Daikini baby. Add that in there. Yes, Daniel. Daikini baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Where is Daniel? What's he been doing? Huh? Where is Daniel? What's he been doing? Um, he got the puppets from Michael. He got the puppets. So uh, Michael's done. Michael's out of the puppet game. He's out. He's out. So well, Michael moved back to Corsicana. Daniel helped him, and Michael surprised Daniel by giving him the puppets. Daniel shit his pants, and now he got like eight more puppets, and you know, he, he's just fucking. Oh, now, you know, there's no what to do now. That investment Michael put into those puppets did not fucking pay off. I, I failed. Because well, I, I ruined it, Shane. I ruined it. I, yeah. <laughs> well, so he was right. Michael was right. That's what we need to label this podcast. He was Mike right from the beginning. And Michael I said right. he was going to be a problem. I said he was. <laughs> so I saw Daniel's got like some hazmat gear for Halloween. He's going as a... I, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, something... Uh, a cleanup crew or something like that. Oh, okay. So like something like yeah, something like I, something. something like that. You know, like okay, then that's cool. You know, I, I thought he was doing something from uh, Breaking Bad. I never watched no Breaking Bad episodes, but I don't oh, know you didn't ever watch it. Never. I, I gotta say, still haven't cracked it open yet. You gotta check that out, John. It's a good show. Some of it's really good. Some of it's kind of boring. So yeah, it's high and low. Well, you you always have the show. And then you have fillers in between, and you know. So this this chemistry teacher is a cold sob man, and he he really proves it at the end. You got to watch it all the way to the end, and you'll really have an appreciation for how bad that chemistry teacher is. Yeah, first uh, though, I think he still had some humanness to him. He still had a human side to him. Yeah, I mean, he he approached his wife, and like they hashed it out. So I mean, that showed you that he still had some compassion, but. The what he did on the last episode, bro, was cold blooded. You got to see that. I don't see what the problem is. Why couldn't his family just fucking get over it? He's making them millions of dollars. Who gives a shit? Well, because her her brother was a DEA agent, man. <laughs> well, he should have been a little bit Damn, more careful about brother shit. Brother-in-law was a DEA agent. Yeah, that's one of the tensions behind the show. Is like, you know, will he find out? Will he ever learn about it? And he finally yeah, he's having to hide it from his brother, his brother-in-law. The whole time, he's got to be under the radar and make sure that he never gets caught because his brother-in-law starts looking into this guy. And there's an episode, John, I hate to spoil this for you. There's an episode where he's in uh, like a camper and his brother-in-law is right outside trying to get in it. And he's like, I'm going to get in it and get this bastard. He's in there right now. 
And the owner of that lot was like, you can't go in there. You don't have a warrant. You need a warrant to go in there. I'm sorry, you can't. If you do, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having you arrested. You can't go in there. And uh, so the DA agent was like, well, if I break in and he testifies against me, my whole case goes in the toilet and everything I work for is lost. So he leaves. And that allows uh, the chemistry teacher to get out. God damn, man. Well, yeah. it keeps going. And it ends up, the, guy, the, the brother, he's so obsessed with finding this guy. Like, it's starting to cost his career. Like, they're yeah. starting to fire him and stuff. And he gets caught up in a shootout. And yep. uh, it gets to the point where it's like, uh, you know, he, they're thinking he's crazy. that He won't let it go. And then finally, one day, he's walking into uh, Walter's house. And Walter, he used this uh, code name. He called himself Heisenberg. Heisenberg was this chemist that was real famous for creating for uh, discovering a bunch of shit back in the day, and I think he found gamma rays or radiation or something like that. He discovered uh, gray matter. I can't remember what it was he fucking discovered, but something important. And uh, anyways, he he uses that guy as his alias. So the rumor starts going around. There's this guy Heisenberg. He's this new dealer. He's a new player. Well, one day, uh, the brother-in-law is taking a dump at his house, and, and Walter has one of his f- fucking books out, and it has a little note in there about Heisenberg. And that's when he's like, oh, shit. He figures out that this whole time it's been his brother-in-law. Yeah. I, Heisenberg um, is uh, considered one of the pioneers of quantum mechanics. Oh, there you go. Quantum mechanics. That's did, did you see that, that Google made, may have uh, made a, a quantum machine, a quantum uh, computer? Oh, shit. What are they going to do with it? I don't know. Maybe People are, are are speculating that uh, quantum computers can like crack the code for time travel and shit. Well, well, well what I understood, so there was the guy who, um, the guy who made uh, Doom, the guy who made the Doom games, uh-huh. uh, Michael Carmack. He um, he was on Joe Rogan a couple months ago, and he was saying that quantum computers are good for like code breaking and hacking codes and massive calculations. But he's not sure that they'll be good for making AIs. So I had heard, though, that quantum computers would uh, would change everything. But I think he was saying that the problem is they're so unpredictable. So I don't know. So, Shane, you brought up Joe Rogan. There's a girl that I um, kept up with on Facebook who uh, she's just kind of a basic white girl, you know, likes pumpkin lattes and all that dumb crap. And she's just she really hates Joe Rogan. She thinks he's full of crap. He thinks he's like an extremist, that uh, he's full of himself. He doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. And, you know, I, I, I was like, whatever, you're valued. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to argue with you about it. But her boyfriend likes him. And they went on a road trip that was so long she was able to fall asleep in the car. And she posted on Facebook, fell asleep to Joe Rogan, woke up to Joe Rogan. Is this hell? <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, what makes I it so funny to me is like you're blowing this out of proportion. <laughs> I don't like his episodes when he has the comedians on and they're just bullshitting. And uh, I don't really care too much for the fighters because he's just talking about their routines and stuff. But when he's got like the scientists and the doctors and the politicians, it's it's really fucking interesting because you don't ever get to hear them just sit and talk. You know? Yeah. And he talks to him for three hours. Um, three hours. Yeah, well, it's two to three hours are his average podcast length. Yeah, yeah, two to three really. Hours. Yeah, he had this one guy that doesn't believe in, um, that's like a so hardcore atheist that he wants everybody to be an atheist. Mm-hmm. And uh, his only lasted an hour because he had a flight to get on. But Joe Rogan was like, Yeah, but you know, when you take these drugs and you go into this 
plane of existence. That's about. And the doctor said, well, to do that, you still have to have a brain and brains deteriorate. So when you die, your brain deteriorates and that shit stops. And Joe was like, well, there's, there's nothing afterwards. And the guy's like, no, there's nothing. Your brain's dead. And that's fucking it. It's game over. <laughs> so Rogan's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's a sad prospect to think of. I mean, but it is it is a popular following. Uh, I've read articles that said that uh, church attendance has declined over the past ten years. Well, that's, that's a, this guy's celebrating that. He was saying that we're he's saying that he was winning, that people were stopped going. I you know the whole thing it just would suck if that if that if you're dead, you know, then what happens next? Like you you just not you don't up. exist. <laughs> we got a little yeah. Oh, we're talking about. Ah, nothing happens after. <laughs> you're dead. What happened to that? You're dead. Then what? You're dead. You're I, dead. I, you know that. That can be a <laughs> subject for some people, and I, I think uh, you know you have to you have to approach that with a level of respect. It's like, look, I, I know you might see I might not see eye to eye with me, but to to me, it's just it's just hard to think that you know people can live ghastly, you know, terrible lives, and their their lives are just full of suffering or, or something like that. And then they just die. You know, it's, it's hard for me to think that that's how it is. I, I have to have hope that something better waits for people that. Have I hear life. that. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, Aaron, when, uh, when our cousin passed away and, uh, we were at yeah, the, I was just thinking of it. I know where you're going. I was just thinking of and, that. And, uh, we were all sitting there, John, we're all sitting around cousin. Who just died. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking terrible. We're in the, uh, we're in the funeral. Yeah, like 34, wasn't he? Yeah, no, it was. I think he was under thirty. I think he was twenty-seven or twenty-six. Oh, okay. It was uh, the first one of our first generation of cousins to pass away. Yeah, okay. so he, he died. It was terrible circumstances. Family's distraught. Um, I named Roger after his dad, so it's we were close to, and uh, we're sitting there, and everybody's upset about it. You know, it's just a shitty day, and my other one of my other cousins looks around to everybody, and this is what she says. She says. I don't know why you guys are all upset. Everybody knows he was going to hell. You know he went to hell. Why are you so upset? And we're just like, fuck, man. Fucking terrible timing, you know? What the fuck are you trying to say? She was drunk off her ass. And then... Uh, at went, the funeral? Yeah, at the funeral, yeah. yeah. And when, when my aunt uh, passed... Was it his sister? Huh? It was his sister, wasn't it? Huh? Wasn't it his sister? No, no this was uh, one of Randy's kids. I thought um, it was a sister. Okay, I got you. No, 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 no. Um, that bitch, because those women got their own problems. But uh, bad. They don't ever listen to this. But whatever, they know. Yeah, uh, they know. But she uh, just got to give up one of her kids to adoption. Well, I'd rather. You know what? Kids probably better off. Probably better off. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that shows her her living situation right now. I don't mean to go off topic, Shane. You can keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Well, uh, we were at uh, my aunt's funeral and. Uh, she was she was drunk off her ass, and I guess her son was facing some type of uh, so gotten some kind of charge, got in trouble for something, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, he's only eighteen, and he's got these charges," and I'm like, "That sucks." And she's like, "What do you know about the legal system? Don't you work for him?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, you one of those crooked guys? Are you fucking corrupt? Would you do that to us, eighteen year old?" And I'm like, "God damn, man!" Husband, her husband stepped in, and he was like, uh, "He's like, come on, man, don't, he ain't got nothing to do with this. Why are you talking to him about it?" And he didn't, he didn't want it to be known. Like, he didn't want the info getting out there, but I guess she didn't give a shit. And uh, I was like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. But my experience in the criminal justice system 
has been 98% of the time uh, the person was guilty of what they did. <laughs> I've met in my entire 10 years, I've come across two people that I think were innocent. One of them was a lady who was in college. She went to a party. Somebody spiked the punch. She had never drank alcohol in her entire life. She genuinely did not know that she was drunk. She didn't know. She didn't know what. She just thought she was feeling bad. Gets in the car and drives and gets pulled over, arrested for DWI. That one, I think she was innocent. I think she genuinely, because she was crying. Like, I would say, yeah, you know, you can't drink alcohol because you're off. And she was like, but I didn't, I didn't know. And she was like, just upset the whole fucking time. I'm like, hey, lady, shit. This is going to be really easy for you. But uh, (laughs) the other guy guy was an old man and he was fucking severely disabled. So much so that I don't think he could actually drive. But his son was driving and I think his son was drunk and crashed into a car. And his son got out and I think he scooted over into the driver's seat to take the charge for him. Because there's no way he could have drive. And the sad thing about that dude is he ended up dying. And nobody called me to tell me that he was dead. Like nobody, none of his family called. Nobody gave a fuck. He just, damn. Yeah, I found out by calling the hospital who was at to check on him. And they're like, oh, yeah, he died three days ago. And I was like, damn, man, nobody nobody called me. Nobody sent me a message or nothing. So, oh, well. Well, uh, another thing that one of our family members said uh, around this time period, uh, well, yeah, life sucks, and then you die. <laughs> God dang, dude. A lot of, a lot of mirth uh, and happiness in this Oh, y'all, d- y'all donors? I just, I am now. I fucking, I'm doing my damn, uh, my driver's license ex- is expired. I got to get it renewed. You know, you got to have your fucking birth certificate when you go in for your license now. Shay, like, I, okay, Shay, yes, I, I did blow. I being me, yes, I blew up. My wife went up there to get her get her uh, driver's license, and they said they need her birth certificate. I over-exaggerated. I thought they were just being racist. No, they fucking had me going too. So I, they had to. So I over-exaggerated. I like no, cause you, you got brown skin. That's why they need to know. Duh. So I over-exaggerated a little. Bit. I, I even I even printed out like I, Sarah. We had a copy digitally. I walk in there. So the first place I go into, we we're like, oh, you got to have your birth certificate or a passport. I have neither. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, I guess I'll go get one. I said, I text Sarah and I was like, hey, we got a birth certificate around the house, and she was like, yeah, we got one. And uh, she she emailed it to me, and I was like, okay. So I walked in there with it. And the woman's like, okay, you got your birth certificate? I'm like, yep, right here. And she says, oh, um, that looks like a copy. And I'm like, yes, it's a copy. It's like, that's not going to work. And I was like, what the fuck, man? So now you tell me I got to go all the way down to Navarro and get the fucking copy from the courthouse? I'm going to have to take off work half a day to do this bullshit. So fortunately, we have one here. Like, we have a certified copy. Like, it's embossed. It's got the little stamp. But, yeah, it's part of the real act. It was passed in 2005. And it requires a uh, federal ID. Look this shit up. <laughs> yeah, because I was fucking pissed. And they're running into a big problem with these old guys that were like born back in the 20s and 30s and like were born in a house or on a farm and they have no records. So you got these 90 year olds that want to drive and they're going in and they're like, um, yeah, you got to have your birth certificate. And they're like, um, I was born before they were regularly doing that. <laughs> so. Well, well, uh... The problem we had was the, uh, they told her, okay, you need birth certificate. But don't worry. Go go over to Window 5 and go get a copy of it. Okay. So she went over to Window 5. Uh, yep, ma'am, we got your uh, your wedding license here, but not your birth certificate. So yes. Like, so, 
so so what do I need to do? Like, well, I guess you got to go where you came from, and I guess you damn thing come back, you know. But yeah, I think you have to go to the security office, but and that that place is a freaking nightmare. But um, the thing is, is what what about people that like foster kids or adopted or something, and nobody knows where they were born? What are they supposed to do? You know, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to do what? Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh oh, it's morphin' time. I'm telling you, John, you got to get you a fuck, uh, Red Ranger costume. No, he does not. No, he does not. <laughs> no, he can get one of the ones like the movie, like uh, something that's got like the armor and stuff on there. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. I'm sure you can't hear us though in that damn helmet. I can, I can hear you a little bit through the, uh, the, the, the earpiece or the mouthpiece or whatever the hell is, the air hole through the front. <laughs> he's, a, he's a street ranger. Street rangers, we will unite. We will turn the darkness into light. I think I think he just does comedy now. Yeah, he's like on a road tour, but he... Uh, uh, I think the magic's gone. And he apparently he didn't make a whole lot of money off of that, even though like everybody knows who he is. Kind of like but you know he, he he chased a dream though he chased a dream. No, I mean he went for it, and that realistically is better than you know we could ever hope for. So good for him. You know, yeah. So, huh? Want a snack? He wants to snack at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, I can't beat get him. Snack, so beat him, boy. Get yourself one too. <laughs> well, uh, I keep telling everybody. Uh, yeah, that's not a good snack, John. Give him a good uh -oh. snack. I, I keep telling everybody at work, hey, hey. <laughs> that don't work, Shane. <laughs> go, go get a snack. Ask grandma for a snack. But uh, I keep telling everybody at work, yeah, guys, I'm I'm slightly overweight. Yeah? Well, that's not what the doctor said, though, right? Slightly. I'm slightly Gross. overweight. Grossly overweight. Grossly. <laughs> I, I prefer slightly overweight. Well. We've hit our hour mark, boys. We're going to have to wrap right. this up. All right. Tell, you that now, Shane. Tell Daniel to get his ass on the podcast. Shane, we got a special guest lined up? You got one lined up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got oh, one. Uh, our cousin Austin, uh, yeah. he went to Japan to, to propose to his girlfriend. They're getting, they're getting married. Oh, awesome. You know, she kind of looks like him. A little bit. <laughs> that's, that's he, who can love him more than him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, scientific studies have shown that the longer you live with your spouse, the more you look like them because well, you're, you're consciously imprinting their facial expressions on each other. Like you've done the Sarah look, and Sarah's done a look like you. <laughs> that's how that goes. All right, Aaron at Southeast Third got a new podcast up where he uh, talks to other Marines and stuff, and uh, in Washington D.C. Got John at JP's What who doesn't do podcasts anymore. And uh, we're at Big Beefing at Big Beefing. No, he's still Every done. Day. He's still done. <laughs> you put one up today? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. I guess I didn't see it. I was thinking, I was like, oh, I hadn't heard from him in a while. I'll check Great it out. job, Shane. Was it a good one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll check it out then. Also, be on the lookout for Southeast Third as I host the Waco Poet Society tomorrow at 530. Oh, really? Yep. All right, boy. Oh, get that oh. secret recording on. Yeah. We're at Big Biffin, at Big Biffin, Biffin, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Man. Hit us up. Have a good night. We'll see everybody Wednesday. See Fuck ya. you. <laughs> <laughs>